In November 2018, the National Rifle Association wrote in a tweet that, quote, someone should tell self-important anti-gun doctors to stay in their lane. The response from the medical community was broad and rapid as physicians and other healthcare professionals used the This Is Our Lane hashtag to share stories of treating victims of gun violence and experiencing violence themselves. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Megan Ranney, an Associate Professor in the Department of Emergency Medicine at the Alpert Medical School of Brown University. Dr. Ranney has co-authored a perspective article about the This Is Our Lane movement and firearm injury prevention. Dr. Ranney, can you tell us a bit about the context surrounding the NRA's tweet? Had the organization specifically called out doctors and their role in advocacy about gun violence before this? Not recently. This was a bit surprising to many of us. But one actually important detail, I would say that they were calling out not advocacy, but rather our having a voice. One of the things that surprised and took so many of us aback by that tweet was the implication that physicians and other healthcare professionals shouldn't be talking about gun violence at all. And that really was the first time that they had dared to say that. So what was your reaction and what was the reaction of your peers? The reaction was strong and swift across specialties and healthcare professions and really across the partisan divide. Physicians and nurses and other healthcare professionals reacted very quickly to say that as clinicians, we are the ones who take care of victims of gun violence every day across the United States. And we are the ones who treat the long-term sequelae of injury and death because a patient may die from a gunshot wound, but the impact on their community and their family is long-lasting. And so to say that this is not a health issue struck us as specious at best. Regardless of one's political views, it's very clear, and the response of the medical community was very clear, that gun violence is very much our lane, is very much a health issue and a public health issue. As you write in your article, healthcare professionals and medical specialty organizations have been working to address gun violence in various ways for years, long before this movement. Have any of the previous campaigns been as successful as broad? Well, I think that the success and impact of the hashtag was due to the hard work that's been done on the ground for years. The fact that we have been working within numerous medical specialties and across specialties to create this nonpartisan public health approach to firearm injury, and that we have been saying that we will not be silenced on this issue, that we will not accept that it is something that is political to the vast majority of physicians and other healthcare professionals across the country. Gun violence is a question of health. It's a question of injury and death and post-traumatic stress and substance use and all the other things that get tied up in it. So that was part one, is that the success of the hashtag and of everything else that has gone along with it reflects all of that hard work that we've been doing behind the scenes for years. The other thing that was a big part of this hashtag was honestly the power of Twitter and social media. And that is something new. And we've seen it a number of times over the past few years with things like Time's Up. The average clinician, the average physician has a voice and a potential to share their experiences now that didn't exist five or 10 years ago. I've been on Twitter for a long time and its utilization as a communication tool is something that's really taken off over the last two to three years. You talk in your article about the 1996 Dickey Amendment, which prohibited the use of CDC funds for 
advocacy or promotion of gun control, what other kinds of political or other barriers have limited physicians' ability to address gun violence? So it's interesting that the Dickey Amendment is a little bit of a straw man, right? As I, we said in the article, it does limit the use of CDC funds for advocacy. But all of us as public health researchers know that we can't use government funds for advocacy anyhow. And one of the big things that I think gets lost is that doing research on firearm injury is not at all the same thing as advocating for one policy or another. And it is certainly not the same thing as gun control. So the barriers to doing good research and creating innovative solutions to the firearm injury epidemic are not so much the Dickey Amendment per se, but it's kind of unspoken chilling effect on the field. And those are a few things. So the first is that since the Dickey Amendment was passed, even though it doesn't explicitly ban funding, it has directly correlated with a dramatic decrease in funding from NIH for this issue. Certainly in CDC funding, there's been $0 appropriated to the CDC to study the prevention of firearm injury since 1996 and other federal sources across other funding agencies like NIJ or SAMHSA. So there's been a decrease in funding. There's also been a chilling effect in that people have been told you can't study firearm injury, even though, again, there's no ban on studying it. That's something that, that has gotten passed on almost as lore among public health researchers and physicians. And as a result, there's been a dramatic decrease in the number of people who are working on this issue and the number of papers that are being published. Again, that's not something said by the Dickey Amendment, but it's kind of a secondary effect of it. And then the third thing is that there was fear. And it's something that we have worked very hard, a number of us, including my co-authors of the article, and many other people across the country have worked very hard over the past few years to get rid of that fear among public health researchers and medical professionals. But even now, I have people say to me, oh, you're talking about gun violence. Aren't you afraid of the NRA? And I say, no, because what I'm saying isn't, honestly, it's not oppositional to the NRA. The NRA says that they're pro-gun safety. And my co-founder of a firm is a gun owner himself. And so I think that we've grown up or been taught that there needs to be fear around this issue when in reality, we can reframe it to be just a public health or health issue like any other. And so there have been a number of barriers, but hopefully we are starting to break those down. Finally, what can healthcare professionals do to turn the energy that's been generated by the This Is Our Lane movement into action that's going to have a lasting effect on firearm-related injury prevention? That is a wonderful question. And there are so many things that we can do as physicians across the country, both right now and in the future. So the first thing that physicians can do is to educate themselves about the statistics around firearm injury, about who's high risk for injury, and to start to educate themselves about what sorts of conversations they can have with patients who are high risk in a way that is thoughtful and non-judgmental and likely to create change. There are a lot of resources for that, we have some at our Affirm website, which is www.affirmresearch.org. There are ones created through the What You Can Do program from UC Davis. And we have a CME program that we've put together in cooperation with the American Medical Association that's free. And so that's a great first step. The next step is to really commit to talking about this as a public health and nonpartisan issue. And it would be my plea, to, again, to physicians across the political spectrum, whether or not they are gun owners, is to learn a little bit about the other side and to think about how we can approach this together as a nonpartisan issue. 
And then the third thing is for those who are research-minded is to join with us in helping to collect data. We have a number of new initiatives coming out of Affirm, which will be options for physicians. There are also other neat new programs being developed. New Jersey just funded a Center for Gun Violence Research. Massachusetts is certainly doing some nice work, California. And so to think about ways that we as physicians can enhance the data that's out there so that we can help create innovative new solutions. I am very confident that we are at a tipping point in our approach to this injury epidemic and through the concerted effort of physicians, other healthcare professionals, and honestly, the public across the United States, that we can stop this epidemic from worsening and start to decrease the numbers injured and dying each year. But it really is going to take all of us. It's because of the lack of a CDC mandate to address this issue. It's going to take each of us committing to approaching this however we're most comfortable in our own clinical or research sphere. Thank you, Dr. Rennie.